My name is Lucy Thande and welcome to another EBZ devotion. When we started the devotion on time alone with God, I started by pointing out how the world is full of so much noise, pressures and stress. And this is a reality. From a very early age, we start school, pressure to excel and compete for best grades begins, then the pressure of getting into college, finishing well, getting a job, and pressure to do well, so that we be promoted and not be fired. Come stage two, pressure, pressure to find the right companion, to build a life together, if this is your portion, pressure to keep a solid union in a world where divorce is not frowned on anymore, but easy and acceptable. Then the pressure of bringing up God-fearing children in a world where God is no longer relevant and many myriad of problems, be it financial, personal, relational, with friends and families. So now, more than ever before, is the time for all of us, God-loving Christians, to set aside our priorities right. It is essential that we have the right priorities. I hope I don't bore you every time I tell you what lessons COVID-19 has taught me. Because I know we have all learned many lessons. But let me say it anyway. I have learned that priorities and especially godly priorities are crucial. How we spend our time, with whom we spend our time, how you spend your time, how you make decisions. Because of fear and infections, we chose who we interacted with, what activities were essential, how we spent our money, what we needed versus what we wanted, what preoccupied our minds and, and days. So prioritizing became part of our lives. But in the midst of so much pressures, seeking after God for most people, especially for me, became the most important priority. If there is one thing that will determine the course of our lives, it's our priorities, clearly defined priorities. Seeking after God should be our most important priority, a desire for God's presence, provision, and protection. No matter where we are, our desire should be for God because only He can set us on the right paths, and only he can satisfy us fully. No matter what pressures come into your life, you'll be able to handle them properly if you maintain this one priority above all else, honestly seeking after God. And as I have repeatedly emphasized in my last three to four devotions, to seek, God, to seek after God means to have an intimate personal relationship with him. You seek God by spending consistent time alone with Him. To seek after God means always to desire more of Him. To seek after God means to pursue God alone to fill the vacuum in our lives. So we seek God by in integrating Him into every area of our lives. God ought to permeate every area of your life. He ought to be at the center of every decision you make. 
He is the Lord of every relationship you have. You manage your money by considering what what the word or his word says about it. There is no area of our life, be it business, be it family, be it education or whatever, where God is not an integral part. There is no divisions between sacred and secular. All of life is related to God. In the Bible there are many who honestly sought God and I can name many, but today I just want to share an example of one man who honestly sought God throughout his tumultuous life. King David was a man who knew what it meant to live under pressure. As the king of Israel, he knew the pressures of leadership, that the higher and more responsible the leadership position, the greater are the pressures. And David knew the pressures of problems. During his reign, for instance, his son Absalom led a rebellion against him. David and his loyal followers had to flee for their lives, leaving everything, his wife, his possession, his family, his throne. During that time, David spent a short while in the northern eastern portion of the wilderness of Judah before he crossed over to the Jordan River. In that barren, in that barren land, fleeing for his life from his own son, feeling disgraced and rejected but that with an uncertain future David wrote Psalm 63 and Psalm 63 shows us the priority of this man David this man of God under pressure I know for sure if you or myself were under the kind of pressure David was in or he faced at that point of his life I really doubt if we would have been writing songs of psalms. If we did, probably the song would contain a lot of urgent requests. God help me. God get me out of here. God bring me back my throne. God fight for me. But it is interesting that Psalm 63 contains no such petitions. David expresses longing for God's presence, praise, joy, fellowship with God, confidence in God's salvation. But there is not one word of asking for worldly or even spiritual blessings. Now let us read Psalm 63 together. You God are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to their sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. 
Psalm 63 allows us to look into the heart of David, a man after God's own heart. David wrote this psalm while he was in the desert in Judah. He had fled from his, his throne and he left everything, everything behind. And yet in all this, David wasn't seeking for any of those things to fill the emptiness in his life. He wasn't praying, Oh God, give me my wives back. Give me my possessions back. Give me my palace back. Give me my kingdom back. But rather, as we see from verses 1, Oh God, you are my God. David knew God in an intimate, personal way. To know God personally, David would have had to spend hours with him over a long period of time in many situations. David prayed, I shall seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. Your love is better than life. How amazing. David always desired God more. David said, I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. Though David already had a close relationship with God, yes, we know because he calls him my God. But he longed for more of him. He wanted to go deeper. He was satisfied in verse 5, but not fully satisfied. His whole being craved more of God as a thirsty man in the desert craves for water. To seek after God means that there is always more because God is an infinite person. If you figure that you have reached a level of maturity in your Christian life where you can relax and put it aside or ignore it, you are in trouble. David had worked with God for years but he thirsted for more. The fact is, it's easy to fill your life with things other than God. They may be good things, but they are not God, and God alone can satisfy your soul. People have always tried to fill their lives with possessions, or with a successful and satisfying career, or even marriage. Again, those things have their place in this world we live in, but they are not meant to satisfy your soul or my soul. God alone can do that. To seek him means to pursue him alone to fill that God-shaped vacuum in our lives. That seeking after God means to have an intimate, personal relationship with him. Always to desire more of him and to pursue God alone to fill our lives and our souls. So what does a person who seeks God honestly look like? The person who seeks after God has inner satisfaction. We see in verse 5, even in the middle of a calamity such as this rebellion which David faced, which would push many to fall apart emotionally, David had inner peace and calm. We also have inner joy. David had inner joy, not based on circumstances. His whole world was feeling, falling apart, but he had the Lord and his loyal love. And so he could sing and rejoice in God. You can't explain that apart from God. We see that in verses 5, 7, and 11. So also seeking after God also gives us inner stability and strength in crisis. As we see in verses 7 to 8, God's powerful hand upheld and sustained David. He stayed steady in the storm because he had the inner resource of God's strength. And then we see in verses 9 to 11, that we seeking God gives us inner perspective and balance. David wasn't consumed with thoughts of getting even. As he considered his circumstances, he realized that God is just and God will judge fairly. 
the wicked will not prevail in the long run. Thus David could, could commit the situation to the Lord and act with the right perspective and balance. He would make it his business to rejoice in God and let God deal with his enemies and vindicate him. He knew his calling and that God would not fail to accomplish all that concerned him. As we see verses 11, If you love God, you make time to spend with him because you delight to do so. This includes time in his word, renewing your mind so that you can please him. It includes time in prayer, bringing your needs and others' needs before him. It includes time in praise and worship, expressing your love for him. So how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God today? Maybe you say, Oh, I am actively involved in serving him. I sing in the choir. I'm an usher. I serve in the PCC committee. I'm a pastor. I teach Sunday school. Oh, that's well and good. You can be in full-time ministry, yet lose sight of seeking God himself. What are your priorities? Have you prioritized your service before your worship? Have you lost your first love? God is saying to you and me, listen, listen to me and eat what is good. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Pray with me. Heavenly Father and our God, we worship you. We give you glory and honor. Praise for you alone, our God Almighty. Our sovereign creator, maker, ruler, and sustainer, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and there is none like you. You are exalted in heaven and on earth. You are the one and only Holy God. Lord, we bow before you in humility and reverence, asking for the forgiveness of sins. We have sinned against you and our fellow men knowingly or unknowingly. Have mercy on us, we beseech you, O Lord. We desire to be acceptable in your sight and to enter your rest. We thank you for your mercies which are new every day, for your protection, provision, and meeting all our needs, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being our refuge, fortress, and shelter, our strength and hiding place. Help us to learn to be still and know you are God. Help us to seek you and to make you an integral part of our lives. Make us like David, a man after your own heart. Move us to long and thus after you, to love you as you have loved us. Heal the sick, comfort the those who mourn, and provide for the poor in our midst, O God. The destitute, remember them, O Father. Bless our nation, our churches, and the leadership. Grant them discernment and wisdom to use their positions of power for the benefit of your people and for your glory. We pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.